0: Welcome to The Scam Economy with your host,
1: Matt Bender. Super Bowl 57, the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Did your favorite team make it to the Super Bowl this year? Well, whether they did or they didn't, You know who's definitely not at the super bowl this year are you ready for some crypto well i hope not because we're going from crypto bowl in 2022 to hey what happened to that crypto thing in 2023 welcome to scam economy everyone I'm your host, Matt Binder, and on today's episode, we're going to take a look at the crypto companies that ran Super Bowl ads just last year in an attempt to bring more people into crypto and make it go further mainstream. And uh, what happened to them since then? Does anyone remember that Larry David FTX commercial? And of course, we'll take a look at the 2023 crypto Super Bowl ads. Uh, Don't get your hopes up. As usual, you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash mattbinder and become a monthly paying subscriber. You can also subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mattbinder. Check us out on Twitch at twitch.tv slash mattbinder. And find links to all the places you can find the podcast version of the show at scameconomy.com. Now to the Super Bowl. And joining me now to discuss all of this is Brandon Sutton, host of the Discourse Podcast and my co-host when I join the majority report for my weekly, uh, I don't know, visit, I guess, my weekly uh, stint at the the show. Uh, Brandon, nice seeing you again after I just saw you last week, but uh, welcome to Scam Economy for the first time, making your debut here.
0: It's a pleasure. You know, honestly, I mean, it's kind of bittersweet. That means this week I won't be able to listen to Scam Economy because it'd be a little weird to listen to myself on the show for enjoyment. But it's definitely a pleasure to be here talking about scams, you know, in the past tense, not the scams that you and I have planned for the industry in the upcoming year, obviously.
1: Right. We have to get started really uh, rolling those out because... uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of uh, money going around in the crypto world, and it seems like they're all not as much, not, not as much, right? It's still a lot, um, but they all seem to still be. Uh, I, I have to say, I saw a report recently from chain uh, chainalysis, which is like a, a blockchain analytics firm, and you know, it, apparently, even though while the rest of crypto was cratering, uh, like the industry was cratering. The, like, scams and the hacks were were, were never uh, – there never were more scams and hacks oh. than there were in the past year.
0: Oh, yeah. I cannot imagine. Like, if you – if you get like a podium and you sort of like Olympic podium and it's like 2022 crypto winners, number one is like scammers and hackers. Number two are like the few exchanges that are also still around, like banging around, I guess just Binance really cracking Coinbase, right. et cetera. And they're just and winners
1: like, by, uh, by the like the osmosis of like still existing, not because they actually did anything victorious.
0: Like they, exactly. they're just
1: alive. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they made it. They, they're survivors. You know, right. ultimately, they they have not, you know, passed off this mortal coil yet. So just surviving, not being in jail is, you know, a win in crypto at this point and not in third place. Way, way, way sort of like not even in the losers, uh, like, you know, because if you're in the Olympics and you lose at the Olympics, you still made the Olympics. But like outside the arena are like the retail crypto investors. And that's what, you know, that's where like we are in the crypto industry coming into 2023
1: right right now in 2022 like the beginning of the year well every year at the very start like one month into the year is the super bowl uh the nfl is very big in the united states it's i believe it's actually the the biggest sport and uh it's the most watched televised event um, like the entire country, not really, but the entire country almost watches the Super Bowl on TV. So uh, by that measure, it is also one of the like most sold or most profitable, probably both honestly, most sold and most profitable. Uh, TV time when it comes to like, uh, uh, advertisers buying commercial space, commercial time. And 2022, last year, was a big year for crypto because a bunch of crypto companies had spent money to advertise during the Super Bowl. It was a whole thing. People were calling it the Crypto Bowl. There was um, uh, people who were cautious about it, uh, compared it to... The, the 2000 boom, the dot-com bubble, when a bunch of dot-com companies, like Pets.com, for example, also bought Super Bowl ads. And uh, lo and behold, I think they were like – back in like 2000, I think there were like 17 companies that bought ads. And the following year, only like one or two of those companies were back for a second round. Like the rest either failed and went under or could not – It was afford.
0: one, each raid. It was just one e trade i believe
1: all right that's even yeah that's amazing so only one out of the 17 in 2000 made it uh, made it back the following year um so this year uh those naysayers and those skeptics and those pessimists it turns out that um they were right and <laughs> and the 2022 crypto boom in the super bowl advertising department will not make a reappearance we're not going to see the same amount of crypto ads this year i mean i think that goes without saying for anyone who's paid attention over the past year uh what's happened to crypto since those super bowl ads aired and so i was looking it up just to like you know get together uh, which of those crypto companies will be making a comeback. And we'll, be, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit those companies shortly, but we should talk about what's coming up in the 2023 Super Bowl. Um, some people might be listening to this after the 2023 Super Bowl, so this might not come to, a, uh, come to be a surprise to them. But uh, I was looking it up, and um, exactly zero crypto companies are advertising uh, during the Super Bowl in the United States of America.
0: I mean, that is a big downgrade from what they, what was it, four last year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but how many crypto companies are really, you know, marketed specifically at U.S. investors or U.S. sort of, I guess, retail investors. And, you know, ultimately the ones that were in uh, having ads in the Super Bowl last year, you know, they're not doing so well.
1: Right. I mean— I I, I honestly was surprised I I thought there would be some crypto company like this is this is their whole thing right Um, the idea of uh, you know don't spread FUD we're all gonna make it diamond hands we ended up you know don't sell your crypto uh, you know reach for the you know we're going to the moon. Um, you know, if, if you sell too early, you missed out, have fun. St- if you don't buy in at all, have fun staying poor. So I thought yeah. there would be some company to live by those various mottos to, uh, and slogans to, uh, you know, go all in and say, we got to advertise just so we could, you know, uh, uh, you know, pound our chest and say, Hey, here we are. We're the one company who's advertising because we're the one who made it. But no.
0: They should have uh, – John J. Ray the third should have taken out an ad from FTX, a new one, where it's just like, have you seen this man? It's like Sam Bankman, Freed's face. Uh, you know, again, like on a wanted poster, like old-timey, old-timey Wild West type. But from the article that I read about it, it seems like they weren't allowed back. It seems like there were ads in the works up until December um, – When the FTX news came down, or I guess that was late November, FTX cracked because that was right before Thanksgiving. And, you know, after FTX was found out to not simply just be insolvent, but likely criminal, it seems like Fox News kind of pulled the plugs on whatever contracts they had for ads or not Fox News, Fox uh, Sports, I imagine, pulled the plug on whatever contracts they had for those ads. And it seems like it wasn't necessarily an easy decision to make because they were having trouble filling the last 10%. But, you know, I imagine there's just... A lack of desire to be liable for, or even just implicated. Now, when I say liable, I don't mean like legally liable, right? We know it's probably unlikely that anyone suing Fox News for FTX. I keep saying Fox News got We talk about Fox News on majority Report so much. Whenever I see you, I think Fox News instead of Fox Sports. But you know, I imagine that uh, they're not necessarily worried specifically about like the legal liability coming from FTX, but just you know the social liability of promoting products that are unfit for retail investors, unfit for sort of the everyday consumer. Going, in preparation for this episode, I went to the cryptocurrency subreddit to see what they were saying about this news because obviously this news dropped that there were going to be no crypto ads at the Super Bowl. And, you know, I saw, you know, two large trains of thought. A, the ever-present, we're early. This just proves how early we are. In fact, 2022 was too early for the ads that we ran because cryptocurrency is still in its infancy. And so therefore, you know, the fact that there are no ads this year is good because that gives us chance to like re, you know, circle up and get our stuff together, you know, not in so many words. And then, You know, also people sort of doing the ever, you know, again, another crypto cope tactic, comparing the ads and how dangerous the products being sold in the ads are to like cryptocurrency. So they go like, oh, but I bet there'll be ads for Bud Light. I bet there'll be ads for, you know, uh, Hennessy. I bet there'll be ads for like DraftKings. Why aren't they getting rid of everything that's bad if they're going to get rid of crypto? And, you know, Ultimately, it's just the, – the answer is simple. Like people like those things and people don't really like crypto anymore.
1: Right, right. Like, yeah. I mean that that's like – I feel like that is a, a perfect encapsulation of like a, a lot of the things. Like my issue with crypto uh, uh, mainly in, in terms of like how it should be seen as gambling. Like it should literally – like the, the whole idea of how it should be – you know the the regulations on it, so it could be traded with protection. I mean, I don't think that should be the case at all. I think it well, it should be regulated like it's a casino, like gambling. Like it should be seen in that way. Like it should not be taken as a, a serious sort of uh a, a, like asset like asset class or a financial a- asset at all. Like it it should it, sh- it should be like a crap table.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if it's suitable for that kind of gambling regulation, given, you know, we already have regulations that cover what crypto are. They're called securities laws. And, you know, as much as they dance around how those laws should apply to their industry, we know that what most of the crypto and ICOs and, you know, what they do is pump unregistered, at least in the United States, securities. And so, you know... Gambling, DraftKings, a lot of sports gambling, because that's really why they put these things, you know, crypto specifically advertises at sporting events. That's why they put, you know, uh, LeBron James or they put Tom Brady or Stephen Curry in their ads, is because they, you know, they want to hop on the people, they want to ride sort of piggyback on the people who are already opening their wallets to sports gamble and try to make it a comparison to crypto. But, you know, the comparison really is night and day. Like crypto seems way less of a sure thing than gambling. You know, it seems like you have a way better chance with the information that's available publicly about the teams. You know, you can be a fan of one team over the other. You can be a fan of one player over the other. You seem like you have a way better chance of picking the right team to bet on in a, basketball football game than you do of picking which of the current cryptocurrencies are going to go to the moon and which are rug pull and which is x y and z you know and which are just the You know, the ICO, 90 percent of the token is controlled by the exchange and or you're like, you know, seeing wash trading. So, I mean, I think really if crypto was as safe as gambling, as safe as like the lottery or whatever, or as transparent people, it would be allowed to Super Bowl. But it's actually not. And also, you know, the thing you can say about gambling, I think we've all seen the especially in New York State, the influx of like DraftKings ads, the influx of like ads, you know, promoting sports gambling, not as been made legal. But none of those ads are as aggressive as crypto. If I got an ad from like a sports gambling site that was like, are you man enough to bet your child's college tuition money on the next Super Bowl? Like I would think that ad is crazy. I would think that that is like a crazy ad, and whoever designed it does not necessarily, you know, understand like how marketing works. But that was what they were pumping at crypto companies, and people were making fun of it. But apparently, you know, Matt Damon was the. Uh, voice of a generation, a voice of, you know, a generation of leaders and future leaders telling you that if you don't put, the, you know, mortgage your home and put it in Bitcoin, like, I, can you call yourself a man? Can you call yourself a provider? You know, don't you want to be like Magellan? Don't you want to be like the Wright brothers? You know, could you imagine, like, if someone told you that, like, betting on the Las Vegas Raiders makes you like the Wright brothers? You think that was crazy?
1: <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know. are, you, are you are you mad enough to invest in a crypto? I mean, he, here's one interesting thing, though. Um, you your read on this is different than mine, and as I'm rereading this, I do think it's unclear. Um, you read it, you read. So, so basically, what we're both talking about is there was a Uh, There was a few articles actually that came out, um, uh, one with AP and I think um, uh, one uh, where they might have spoken to someone else. But this is basically uh, Mark Evans, the executive vice president of ad sales for Fox Sports, which is the outlet that's going to stream the Super Bowl. Um, He's on the record here saying that uh, Mm -hmm. let me pull up the exact quote here that two crypto advertisers had commercials booked and done and two others were on the one-yard line. But once the FTX news broke... And this is... Okay, so he's quoted as saying the two commercials from crypto advertisers were booked and done and two others were on the one-yard line. And then, and then that's the quote. But then I'm looking at the way different outlets are covering it. And for example, um, Fortune has... Once the FTX news broke, those deals weren't completed. And then, uh, I'm sorry, that was the AP. Uh, And then Fortune has uh, those deals. uh, When the news of FTX implosion broke, those deals were subsequently scrapped. It's unclear to me. Now, I read it as the crypto companies backed out. Um, The AP headline, I believe, is... um, Where is it? One second. Um, Super Bowl ads are officially sold out. Beer is spending big while crypto pulls way back. Now, to me, when I read that, it sounded like crypto was saying, uh, we don't want to advertise anymore. We're not doing it. We're out. We're not doing it. You know, when the FTX stuff broke. You read it, though, as Fox scrapped it. They said, you know, they didn't want to do it. Did you see anything more that, that that makes it made it you know that Fox coming out and saying they put the kibosh on it? Because I, well, I think it is unclear now now that I'm reading both both these articles and thinking from both sides.
0: Well, I mean, the article that I specifically read said that they actually had had trouble closing on deals for, so the article I read said that by the end of the summer, the end of summer of 2022, they had sold out basically 90% of the ad space for the Super Bowl. Uh, There was generally a recession, obviously, so a lot of companies were spending less on that kind of advertising at the time, and so they had difficulty closing that last 10%. So when I read the part where they said that they scrapped these deals in the last, you know. If we're going to just keep using football puns in the last quarter, then I, you know, I took it to mean that, no, I, this was uh, an executive decision at the advert at the uh, executive level, at the marketing level to not be associated with essentially companies that lead to class action lawsuits against people who are associated with them, because we know now that people are filing class action lawsuits against um Uh, Larry David, they're filing class action lawsuits against Stephen Curry, anyone who was really in the, you know, the ads that people saw. And so, you know, I don't think it's, frankly, I think it's generous to believe that the crypto companies pulled out voluntarily. If They said, you know what, FTX spoiled it for us. People not only associate crypto with the sort of criminal scam that FTX was doing, you know, they believe that the advertising that was being done leading up into the bear market, let's say let's the crypto collapse of uh, the, that started in the summer of 2022, was done to essentially keep the Ponzi scheme going at a bunch of these, you know, at bunch of these schemes. Like, they were just trying to raise money from new suckers because people were taking money out, institutional investors and retail investors alike. Uh, so... I don't think that has changed. I think that what we see probably and because crypto companies haven't stopped making commercials. And I think that's something we can talk about because while America is not airing a crypto commercial, uh, Canada is airing one during the Super Bowl.
1: Right, right. Let's get into that. But oh, I'm sorry. Really quick. I found one more interview with this Mark Evans from Fox Sports Um, from Sports Business Journal. Uh, Let me read this. Uh, Evan cited three reasons this Super Bowl's ad sales came slower than previous years. Uh, This is not the one you read, I don't think. Especially considering that Fox started the regular season with the Super Bowl 90% sold. First, there's the collapse of FTX and other crypto companies, um, which had bought several spots early. Uh, FTX had, in
0: fact, committed to a 60-second spot. Mm. (laughs) So maybe it's a little of column A, little of column B.
1: think so. This year's game, though, will not feature any crypto companies. Crypto companies bought around five spots in last year's games. Uh, last year's game, Fox had sold several spots to crypto companies that had to back out. Hmm. Mm. I, I I'm starting to I'm starting to think um that maybe maybe Fox Sports was did not have a a sudden uh, it was moral uh,
0: it was a mistake. I think to sell the initial package to Rugpoolcoin uh <laughs> dot uh social security ID theft dot com. And I think that, you know, when Fox really looked at it, they they can't they had a, a come to Jesus moment.
1: Right. Right. It it really it all came together for them when they saw that. So let let's now let now that we got that squared away, and I'm so glad I saw this because Um, I did not see this article till just now when we were talking, and I was trying to find more interviews with this Mark Evans from Fox Sports. But I'm so glad we did have this conversation uh, because I did not know that FTX had committed to buying a Super Bowl ad for this year before they went under. Uh, Before, well, they they might be coming back. But before, they went bankrupt.
0: Look, I think if you can say one thing about Sam Bankman Freeman – Sam mcminn Freed, I should say, he had a lot of foresight. My man was always like 8, 10, 12 steps ahead. Right. right not well, of the competition, but, you know, you
1: know. It is sort of funny, though, that, like, uh, listen, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, uh, I, I don't think he's, well, who knows what, the, you know, I do think he's correct, honestly. Like, the more I think about it, when he comes out and says, like, oh, if I didn't listen to that, you know, the, the our lawyers and I stayed, I didn't file for bankruptcy and I spent the next couple of weeks raising capital, I could have done it. I, I believe him. And not because I think he's a genius or brilliant. I I believe him because literally after the bankruptcy and after all this shit came out, you you had... Very wealthy people come out saying, I don't believe this is possible. I would still give my money to Sam Bankman-Fried if he came after, you know, if he was starting a new project. I am trust him 100%. Like, yeah, he's right because these idiots in the investment world exist. I mean, it's amazing to me. It's amazing. It's just I, I can't get over it.
0: I think between institutional investors and whatever, you know, ad he had planned for the 2023 Super Bowl, he could have definitely raised at least another $12 billion. But, you know, we can never know what happened behind those closed doors. He's lobbed a lot of accusations at lawyers uh, who have a lot of experience managing companies that have been engaging in in fraudulent activities. And so we can only know, like I'm sure he might feel that he could have raised uh, another $12 billion, but pumping another $12 billion into what might have been a a Ponzi scheme is just going to get you more time in prison. At some point you just have to pull a plug on this thing. I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of the idea behind these crypto companies comes from, you know, a lot of the lessons learned from the unicorn ICOs of the past like five, six, you know, 10 years in the tech industry. And that's this idea of we can grow we can grow so big and so fast with investor money that we eventually like subsume the entire market to the point in which like, well, if we default on a few loans, if we can't pay our rent for all these like office spaces that we're renting to sublease out, like, what are the landlords going to do? What are the banks going to do? You know, like they say, when, you know, you owe the bank $10,000, the bank owes you. When, you know, when you owe the bank $10 billion, you own the bank. And so I think that what he feels like is he didn't get big enough to eventually be able to say, like, doesn't matter, I did it. But, you know, I think with a lack of transparent accounting about how much liquidity is actually still in the crypto industry. It's hard to believe that like pumping out $12 billion, it wouldn't have just gone to, you know, the endless creditors and debtors that, uh, you know, FTX has or any, a number of these people have. Like, I think that's the part that has people sort of confused and concerned and a little bit shaky. It's just like how I know what, how much money it says I have on this app, on the little and little screen that I have. But like how much money can I actually withdraw from this app to my bank and put into filthy fiat tomorrow is what a lot of people are thinking. And you know, you hate to say it, a lot of people engage entirely through te- with technology through apps like these. They engage entirely with finance, with media, with like communications, with the world through very sleek well-designed user interfaces and they've, you know, very rarely been subject to what looks like a real financial institution app just going like, Oh money. No, 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 we don't do that here. <laughs> like, and that's what's, you know, we're happening. We're we're having like a very, I think uh, not we, but the crypto industry and people who were, you know, previously very supportive of it are having a like a rude awakening with what it means to like lose liquidity, I guess.
1: Right. Right. You know, I, it, it... I do think, though, that like, um, like exactly what you mentioned, the numbers on the screen in these apps. I think that's also like part of the reason why so many of these crypto um, exchanges are able to get away. The ones that are uh, overtly, uh, you know, running things in a shady manner. Uh, I think they're able to get away with it for so long because these numbers just exist on the screen, and a lot of these crypto people. Are uh, the retail investors specifically do go by those slogans and, and catchphrases I mentioned earlier about not selling? So, as long as those numbers are there in their app, so a, a large portion of them will never, um, at least for the time being, while crypto has not reached the heights of the moon yet, they, they won't ever need to withdraw because they're going to keep it in there until it keeps growing and that's one of also, the reasons why i think these these exchanges are able to keep going for as long as as they uh, are able to
0: oh absolutely and it's also one of the reasons that a lot of these like you know not a lot of them but certain cryptocurrency prices like bitcoin and ethereum go up like in cryptocurrency users for you know from the perspective of a uh, consumer, someone who uses like a banking app, someone who uses online banking or online shopping, I think cryptocurrency users are very willing to excuse poor, you know, customer service, poor optimization, poor user interface. Uh, Just to feel like they are smarter than the average person who just uses their bank to, you know, shop online on eBay or shop online on Amazon or shop online on any digital storefront. Like, you know, the new thing now is that Binance has totally or is going to totally shut off withdrawals of USD, you know. Before it was only USD over a hundred thousand dollars. Now it's just all USD. Why? Well, who knows? It might be money laundering. It might be a liquidity issue. Pick one out of a hat. It doesn't really matter. You're not getting your money out of there directly. Uh, and what I you go to the cryptocurrency subreddit and what they say is like, but how does this stop me from converting whatever shitcoin I have into you know uh, Bitcoin or Ethereum or stablecoins, transferring that to Coinbase or Crypto.com, which still has banking currently access currently in the U S as long as Silvergate holds up and, you know, exporting my cash that way. And it's like, no, I guess nothing stops you from doing that as long as it works, but it's certainly more effort than I would go through to like transfer money from like myself to PayPal or Venmo someone money to pay them back for like splitting a cab or something. But, you know, for me, I think the lack of the lack of ease of use is very easy to rather their willingness to excuse the lack of ease of use is really easy to understand when you understand like you know for all the pomp and circumstance about like being early in the future it's all about like getting rich getting rich like this is like you thought get rich quick schemes you know what is like what was crypto.com selling you in that matt damon ad that you would get rich and that you know maybe you'd save the world along the way and that's just a bonus to it
1: Right, right, you know, while we're and I, I know we could we could go either way right now, we could talk about uh the the caveat in our discussion about how there's no Super Bowl ads this year, mm. but, you know there's an asterisk there, we could talk about that, or we could like we're already into it, I guess we might as well continue and, and just make it official um what happened to those twenty twenty two crypto advertisers um. I mean, we already covered FTX. They had that ad wow. about Larry, you know, with Larry David basically poo-pooing on, uh, uh, you know, major discoveries or major inventions throughout history. Um, and then, of course, it gets to him being introduced to FTX. And he's like, eh, it'll never be anything, which... uh yes, it's very funny to look back on that now and see how prescient it is that he was correct. But also uh, that was the script written for him and he got paid for by FTX to promote FTX. So it's not really like Larry David was sharing his opinion on FTX. Like it was part of the the kooky little storyline. You know what I mean? (laughs) He should
0: be the only one allowed to keep the money. I think I think everyone else should get it called back, except for Larry David, who ultimately did warn you
1: right, 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 yes, I really do wonder if they were gonna continue that and the uh i I am obsessed now with this idea that they were gonna try to they were gonna run an ad in twenty twenty three um, yeah are, are were we deprived a Jerry Seinfeld crypto ad because if so, I will be very upset because that would have been probably uh the most unintentionally funny worst ad we've ever seen it had to have been.
0: like it, <laughs> i'm just trying to think of like what what the uh, what the angle would have been in 2023 you know assuming the crypto industry uh was still in shambles but ftx was you know still around right not either not having been exposed or let's say they're a legit company i don't know how that could possibly be but let's say that they are like what would they have done because ultimately sam bankman fried i think was going around post the collapse of celsius post the collapse of a lot of these exchanges trying to shore up the industry you know for right or wrong reasons he was trying to i guess what i say for wrong you know short people's faith in the value of cryptocurrency probably because his exchange is uh you know worth was directly tied to that faith and being exposed was directly tied to that faith and but, simultaneously
1: like, trying to become the face of the entire industry himself like he wanted to be like yeah. the the made man like the I don't know like the 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 Tony Soprano or you know the uh I don't know the the guy at the top of the food chain that everyone had to come to, to. I mean, he was already doing it whenever, like, whenever one of these like crypto lending companies were going under, um, he was the guy to show up and say, "Hey, I'll buy your assets and save you the 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 your the company will live under me." Um, you know, he was trying to become that guy. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. You know, it gave him access. You know, it was a it was a great strategy to subsume all those companies that were going under it gave him you know great PR everyone was like oh thank you Sam Bankman Freed it gave him access to maybe not a hundred percent of the resources that the company that he was subsuming had so you know for example like when he tried to buy thing with BlockFi or Voyager it was definitely Voyager but maybe also BlockFi you know he wanted all of their assets all of their customers coins so he could keep sort of passing them about to each individual who he owed to keep the party going and I think that you know it would have helped Helped shore up faith in the industry long enough I think until or at least he thought until the next bull market and then you know people wouldn't be put taking money out of crypto people would be pouring money into crypto except there would only be one place to pour money into this time at least one place ideally if you wanted to be part of the legit crypto industry and not like deal with the Binance who you know who knows what they're up to right and that would be FTX and so he would just be able to get out of it somehow uh probably wouldn't have worked <laughs> but it certainly, it would have, you know, extended the longevity of his company. But I think, you know, him go, like Sam Bankman, Freed going down sort of changed the timbre for a lot of these companies who are still around and how they choose to advertise, you know, now. Before 2022, everything was like, are you man enough to be in crypto? Are you man enough to bet on the future? You fucking loser. Right. And now it's like, a nice like guy in a sweater sitting by a fire going like, let's have a conversation about transparency. <laughs> let's talk about what it means to trust an institution, you know? And it's like, it's, it's obvious that this is what they feel is necessary to reestablish trust in their industry. But I, I mean, I just, I wonder, cause we're so mired in the crypto world. We spend so much time reading about it and reading, about it from people who are also mired in it like whether it's people on crypto subreddits or people who cover it professionally but I guess I still have a hard time wondering where the everyday average person is on crypto like what like where they are on it like what like what is you know your person who is still like not in the industry that hasn't bought any crypto still sort of crypto agnostic what do they know that is what do they think has been going on because from my perspective the industry is like in its death throes but on the outside the crypto, you know bitcoin the the price is up you know it's up uh 30 or whatever from it's like low a few weeks ago and people are excited like i wonder if there is still a part of the population who was undecided on crypto and like they think it's you know it's a good time to get in because that would just be like you know
1: right well that's exactly why it's up like right like like i i i saw it go up and i I wrote about this after talking with a few people and it's it's like it's it's being the the price is so clearly right now being manipulated Mm -hmm. Um, there's no reason for it to be going up when it did. Like it started popping right at the beginning of the new year. Um, there was no 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 news, no change. Um, the the stock market went up a little bit, so you can say okay, the the ebbs and the flows in crypto usually follow the stock market. And if it just went up a little bit, like the stock market did, that would have been okay. That's just the you know people just getting back into into some of their investments or whatever. Uh, maybe there's a, a, a more positive outlook overall uh, from investors, but crypto just. Went back to like what is it? It's like twenty four k. Bitcoin's at like twenty four k right now. Um, it's like twenty twenty three, twenty
0: two. I think. It, I mean, it's certainly over twenty.
1: Right, and that was after it like nosedive to what like sixteen or uh, a k or something. Yeah, like that. for
0: it was like sixteen for a while.
1: Right. Um. Yeah. It, it's it's so, cl- and I think it's for that reason that the average person like you or I we look at that and we go, okay, this is just the players in the industry doing what they do. But for other people, it's like. Huh, it's back up. I knew I should have bought. Never gonna, not gonna be fooled again. This happens all the time. Oh, this was I should have bought the dip. That's constantly how they go about it. And that goes back to this, the 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 companies we're we're talking about, and the one specifically that we keep like, I mean, they're all they all sort of do it, but the one that so clearly did it was Crypto. dot com with its uh, uh, Matt Damon ad. Fortune favors the brave, and then they did one with LeBron. Yeah, um, that's the one that aired at the Super Bowl. Um I mean this is a company that still has their own arena like they they I mean they mm-hmm. there was worry that they weren't going to be able to uh, uh pay for it I'm assuming that that's probably still a worry for the people involved but right now it's not been uh an active thing going on um but I mean they clearly what would have been more more like manly enough to show that like we're still here, and they—they—they're not running an ad. I mean, in fact, not only are they not running an ad, um, last June, right after the um, this would be right after the beginning of crypto winter when the domino effect starts with the fall of Terra Luna, um, Crypto.com laid off twenty percent of its personnel, uh, twenty percent of its employees just i believe it came out to according to forbes 250 workers i mean uh clearly you got things going on with these companies because this is they're not the we'll get to the other ones too but they're not the only one i mean ftx obviously uh basically went bankrupt and they're figuring out what to do with the assets and what could be brought back to make customers whole um and that's what happened to ftx number one but number two here we got crypto.com not bankrupt, not out of business, what? didn't have the fall of Sam Bankman Freed, and they cut off, cut, basically knocked one-fifth of their employees gone.
0: Well, not just that. Just this past week, Crypto.com has been cut off from its European okay. banking channels. Uh, because they were cut off. They were currently, I think at the time, they were using, like, uh, you know, let's just call it, it is, a shadow bank transactive to bank through Lithuanian central banks. Um, and as being caught up as part of a money laundering or anti money laundering campaign, they just no longer have access to euro banking. And this goes back to what I was saying about the ads on. I mean, not the ads, the numbers on app screens and people's financial apps, like your app might say you have 10,000 euros uh, on crypto.com, but your ability to extract that money out of crypto.com to your bank is just severely limited. I think uh, David Gerard has a good piece on this. A few people have a good piece who are covering sort of like the slow cutting off of these crypto exchanges from traditional banking channels that has started to happen post-Gemini, post- uh ftx like it's kind of a story that's going undertold as people are just becoming again more concerned with the number going up
1: right right and so uh another company that had excuse me had run uh crypto uh ad in 2022 that's conspicuously absent this time around is coinbase now this mm. one is interesting because Coinbase is seen... Well, first of all, it's the the number one crypto exchange in the United States of America. And this is the Super Bowl. So, I mean, if there was a a company that's going to be running a Super Super Bowl ad, you'd think it'd be Coinbase. Uh, And you know what? I'm going to... This is pure speculation on my part, but I'm going to say that they are one of the companies that Mm. um, was going to do one. That had been in touch with... uh, Because they had a successful ad by uh Super Bowl commercial metrics in terms of like the the if people don't recall Coinbase was the company that had the uh QR code uh going back and forth on the screen like like you know hitting the the you know the walls of your TV and bouncing back and forth like the old school like DVD logo when you would when the DVD logo screensaver would come on um and when you scanned it, you went to their website and you could uh, uh, get involved in a a, uh, a a giveaway, like a crypto giveaway. I think it was like a million dollars or two million dollars, something like that. Um, I have no idea who won or if anybody won or where that was announced. Um, that would be interesting to take a look at. But. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was apparently some big success. Their website even went down from all the traffic, which means a lot of people were scanning that QR code or clicking the link once it was posted on social media. Um, but seven months after that ad ran, Coinbase 2 laid off 20% of its workforce. Of uh, its workforce, excuse me. 950 employees.
0: Yeah, no. And I would believe that you're correct, that Coinbase, and if there was a company that had to be told, you know, we don't do crypto ads here anymore, I would believe that Coinbase would be the one because they have been running ads since the collapse of FTX. They actually ran an ad a few months ago. I want to say about two months ago. You might have seen it. I don't remember the full contents of the ad. I just remember that at some point it has like an all blue screen. It just says, ignore the noise, keep building. And if by noise, you mean all the people screaming in the streets that they've lost their life savings, then I might I mean, that might be hard to ignore if you're one of those people. But assuming you're one of the people who got in early and was able to and are still able to cash out, then I guess you probably should just keep ignoring the noise. I, I think that, you know, the funny thing about these cryptocurrency exchange ads is that in many ways they conflate the success of the cryptocurrency exchange itself with the success of the people who might be, you know, transacting on it. And that to me is sort of like the height of comedy because, yeah, Coinbase will make money and a lot of other these exchanges who exchange against their or rather who trade against their customers, like we know FTX doing, will make money if the line goes up. They'll make money if the line goes down. But ultimately, they don't make money if no one is being onboarded. They don't make money if people aren't consistently adding more money into their system. And so they just want more adopters. And so all they can really advocate for is people ignoring that all this is happening and putting their faith into Coinbase, the one exchange that is currently publicly audited. You know, they're public. They're a publicly traded company in the United States, one of the only ones. But, they, you know, they hemorrhage money. Uh, and they're also not currently out of trouble because they might be cut off from their current U.S. banking channels because they bank at Silvergate. Um, and Silvergate has been in trouble since the Gemini and I think uh, Genesis and many of these other uh, FTX-style company going down debacle the because they and they just had to be bailed out by uh, some sort of housing loan situation. I'm not as familiar with that. I think that Bennett Tomlin and... Uh, Cass Piancy do a good job explaining like the mechanisms by which Silvergate bank was able to be bailed out after they had billions of dollars withdrawn due to like the crypto exchanges having, you know, quote unquote bank runs. But yeah, they're another company that doesn't seem to be doing well financially.
1: Right, right. They're just just burning uh, publicly. Right. I should just uh, make an addendum because I'm thinking of how I said it in my head. Uh, Add an addendum, I should say. Uh their their over their total personnel is 950. Now, they, they didn't fire hmm. 950 people. That would be uh <laughs> that would have been pretty crazy. Um uh so I I mean I, I guess the, the one who uh the one company that uh ran ads last year that came out the, the mo the least scathed, I guess, or the most unscathed, however you want to put it, would be eToro. But they're not really a, a full blown crypto exchange. They're like like a, a Robin Hood where it's for stock trading and other things uh too. Um Itoro had run an ad just like uh their one was the Fly Me to the Moon one. Remember that where they the, the song Fly Me to yes. the Moon was played? I-
0: I, and because I remember it, because it opens with like, I guess it's just a guy walking out of like some building and he's like texting on his phone or like, you know, putting like a post out. And his handle is at Ape Jack or like at Ape John. And so it's like, yeah, it's really funny. Like for his handle to be Ape John, he's like definitely like a hexagon uh PFP on Twitter.
1: Right. And so Itaro ran their ad and then. Uh, this past summer, again, after the domino effect of all the, the crypto companies failing, um, a smaller reduction than the other companies who laid off 20%, both crypto.com, Coinbase, and of course, FTX going under, eToro laid off 6% of their employees, a hundred people. A hundred people mm. fired. I mean, I don't know. I mean, this happened so quick after those ads ran, Imagine if instead of spending millions of dollars on these Super Bowl ads, these companies, which seemingly did not really appear to gain anything, being that they just laid off a bunch of people in the, the months after. Imagine they put that money towards, I don't know, uh, their, their employees. or
0: Well, you know, I think they were trying to buy legitimacy. I think yeah. that pre-2022, you know, crypto had a lot of money. theoretically, in the ecosystem. You know, Bitcoin had reached an all-time high of almost 70,000. You know, they were finally getting coverage on CNBC. They were bringing in more, you know, they were buying legitimacy in a variety of forms. FTX wanted to hang out with Bill Clinton, which to me is a red flag. But some people find that to be endearing, like when you're on stage with Bill Clinton. A lot of of scammers have been on stage with Bill Clinton, especially Bill Clinton. But, uh, you know, ultimately... I think that there was a struggle to get legitimacy both in the turn in the head in the heads of retail investors and consumers who might put their money into these platforms, and also just have that legitimacy transferred to become like legal, you know, legitimacy, no longer being. Uh, you know, Maybe if enough people started transacting on these websites, maybe if enough people started demanding that the government makes a carve out for NFTs and crypto and its securities laws to classify them as commodities or classify them as something that was even more friendly to the companies promoting them, that would be the ideal outcome. Uh, because they had already made as much money as possible without having access to more traditional sources. Like, you know, they want—and I think this was something that is interesting because it happened, you know, in Canada. Uh, you know, what they wanted public pension money. They wanted people to be able to invest large sums of money from— of public sources into crypto. And it seems like the fall of these companies have had the opposite effect because now, you know, the Fed, you know, are is saying that banks who engage or banks who hold security assets that are crypto need to, you know, start divesting themselves of them basically. It's it's not it's a no go. You know, right. it's it's just not a safe it's not a safe investment. You shouldn't be collateralizing loans with these things, obviously. And you know, that's sort of, you know, that's the opposite of the effect that it was intended, which is why it's funny that crypto people on cryptocurrency subreddit are thinking, like, yeah, this is just, you know, this is just an obvious sign that we're still very early. It's like, no, you guys are being cut off from traditional finance. You're not going to be able to get like your money out if you right. don't start hurting.
1: Right. I got to add another correction here because I, I'm never going to doubt myself again. As you're mm-hmm. talking, like, so I, I was re- going over the Coinbase details. And it said 20%—this article I'm reading from, uh, this one is uh, Forbes, uh, was going through how many people each of these companies laid off. And for Coinbase, it said 20% of its personnel. In parentheses, it said 950. And then it said two years ago, Coinbase had a workforce of 1,250 people. So I'm thinking, okay, that sounds weird to me. Of course, they didn't lay off 950 people. If two years ago they had uh, 1,250 people, uh, that must be the overall workforce. So I doubted myself, added that correction, and then I did a little. While you were just talking to us, um, I did a little bit more research right here, and it turns out, no, Coinbase in that two-year span grew to over four, nearly 5,000 employees. So, yes, they did actually lay off 950 people this past summer, which I had called crazy if they laid off 950 people, um, which they did do. So, it is crazy, and they did it. (laughs) I mean... Uh, what, what I always wonder, what do all these people do at these crypto companies like those crypto uh, uh, Celsius? I remember reading they had like hundreds, if not thousands of employees. What do these people all do at these crypto companies that uh, seemingly are? are just uh just go under and then come out later that oh it was just a ponzi scheme and uh, all the numbers were fudged okay all the numbers were just fake then what were all these people doing what were they doing
0: <laughs> you know honestly i think there are It probably takes a lot of more people than you'd imagine to not only run a Ponzi scheme, but to obfuscate from other people within the company that you're running a Ponzi scheme, you know. But also as somebody who has worked in like an office before, what does like anyone do at work actually? Like unless you have a very specific function, a lot of people just send emails all day. You know, yeah. I imagine a lot of the people were spent doing customer service. You know, ultimately, crypto is very complicated. So a lot of it is customer service, you know, partnership deals with uh, YouTubers, you know, your YouTuber manager, ad revenue stuff. You know, I, I can imagine that everyone had a lot of functions. I think that really it's always surprising to find out, despite all these people, mostly the crux of the business is like one guy making a lot of bad deals. Like we have like a thousand people working here. In different roles but like at the end of the day this is all left up to like one dude deciding to put like the customer funds into like a hedge fund right yeah run by two guys out of like the seychelles and you know <laughs> these are just like bad decisions like you know you have like the winklevoss twins um uh i don't know i don't know what their names are uh but i you know you have them Trying to blame Barry Silbert, having trying to blame that, like trying to blame the the person that sold them the magic beans that they paid for with their customers' money, and you know you find yourself like, okay, but you know why did you buy the magic beans? Aren't you supposed to be savvy business people? It's a very it's a very interesting I think game of pass the buck, but I think it's appropriate for an economy that's ultimately zero sum.
1: Right. By the way, their names are Cameron and Tyler uh very mm. very obvious names for the people uh of the, of, of Winkle the Winkle nature but yes their names are Cameron and Tyler. Uh my god. Um yeah, so <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing to see how what was supposed to be like the year of crypto. It was it's almost too perfect. Like I wonder if like if if those companies just didn't do Super Bowl ads would like was that like the, the was like the, the 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 vibes and the aura that they gave off? Was that just like them asking for like total meltdown that year? Like if they didn't do the Super Bowl I, thing, would like crypto have just every all the bad stuff that happened in crypto would that in twenty twenty two would it just not have happened? Like I feel like they were asking for that's like what- some trouble.
0: That's what like crypto people seem to argue, not necessarily that if they hadn't advertised at the Super Bowl that, you know, 2022, the summer, the bear market would have happened. But like there seems to be an element of magic thinking to it that refuses to engage with the fact that a lot of these companies, based on their bankruptcy reports, have been like insolvent since like 2020. Like a lot of these companies were never profitable. Like a lot of like these business models that were being touted as like the future like cryptocurrency lending or, you know, like. Uh, Passive income art were just proven To like be smoke and mirrors the entire Time but I think that Savvy people and that's Not to say savvy as in like Smart generically but you know people Who are familiar with finance familiar with Like the history of finance you know A lot of people called it when they started Seeing the Super Bowl ads when they Started seeing more celebrity endorsements That the bubble was about to pop you Know when Paris Hilton was on Jimmy Kimmel show Uh, promoting like ape jpegs even people who i think were on cryptocurrency reddit who were generally crypto friendly were like oh this is a sign that the market is like about to blow up because like celebrities aren't involved now and so i think that really you know there have been red flags since the beginning that this this industry was mostly smoke and mirrors i know people love to point like in hindsight even though in foresight it was pretty bad too and at the moment that you know the Interview where Sam Bankman Freed goes like, well, the industry is like a big magic box that you put money into and you take money out of, and what's inside the box doesn't matter, and it's just like, you know, that is the definition of the industry, and what people don't like is that that defines like a crime, and they're trying to argue now that that shouldn't be a crime, that like the Ponzi box shouldn't be a crime, and it doesn't seem like the industry ever functioned on any other mechanism. Like it doesn't seem like there was ever a moment where like, you know, cause just to be frank, you know, it doesn't have to be a Ponzi box. It doesn't have to be a box where you put money in and other people put money in and you only get to take a little bit of money out until it's all gone. It could just be a money laundering box. It could be a box where like me and, 10 of my friends put in $100 and then like somebody who's trying to escape regulations in a different country or has a lot of dirty money from crimes who knows puts in a thousand dollars into that box and for the privilege of mixing that money around with us, you know, in order to get some clean money, we, he like takes uh or rather we take a cut of the money that he put in the box. And it can also work like that. And a lot of crypto companies are being pinched for that kind of work too. But both of those things are going to ultimately, I think for the retail investor, the person who's not sort of like getting into crypto because they're interested in the technology or getting into crypto because they are, you know, interested in, you know, some people are just interested in being in Ponzi schemes. They seem as a good way to make money. And, you know, I guess if you go into it with clear eyes, good luck to you but it's certainly not a vehicle that's suitable for like somebody who's just like watching the super bowl to put like large sums of money in because even if it turns out to not be like a scheme where like ftx or sbf just like disappears your money you might still end up in a situation where your money has now been mixed up you know i guess this is sort of the situation with the crypto.com in europe where your money has sort of been mixed up in a way with uh dirty money that makes it that now makes it unaccessible to you or inaccessible to you for the short term future doesn't involve bankruptcy doesn't involve any of that but still you someone who needs to pay their rent next month does not have their money and so i think that you know it's just not like it's just not a safe thing to use as a bank despite what was being sold to a lot of retail investors and i think that you know even people who are clear-eyed about the crypto industry like looking at You know, I don't know how you can be clear clear eyed about it, but still be like investing in it, quote unquote. But, you know, seeing it being pitched.
1: That's that's the entire market that's into
0: it, though. You know, seeing it being pitched as like a risk free investment or like a risk free alternative to like a bank account that provides higher yield is like, you know, that's a step too far that's clearly there's clearly a level of fraud in the industry that is meant to obscure how volatile it is and you know when you look at that it does it should make you suspicious like well if it's the future and it's all these things and it's so valuable why do you have to obscure one of the you know key problems with it people should still be willing to engage with that
1: right no absolutely um so let's actually now talk about because we teased it earlier, and then we got so involved in basically breaking down all the companies that uh, bought the ads, and uh, then I guess got their just desserts last year. Um, that there is a asterisk we added to the uh, the story that there are no Super Bowl ads. Uh, No crypto ads, excuse me, running during the Super Bowl this year. Um, And that's uh, – there's two addendums here. One is that there is a Canadian-based crypto exchange, Bitbuy, that will be running a Super Bowl ad but only in Canada. Mm. And then the other asterisk that needs to be added is that there is a Web3 – gaming company called Limit Break that is planning to give away <laughs> 10,000 NFTs during mm. the Super Bowl with their Super Bowl commercial. Um, not quite the million-dollar giveaway that the exchanges last year did.
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, I I think it's a shame that Fox sports did not allow the trump nft team to promote their nft at the super bowl i think that you know it's a shame that our former and some many people leave our current president is not allowed to hawk his wares on the greatest show or the greatest stage in the world uh but also unrelated did you know canada has some of the most trusting people in the world oh (laughs) (laughs) They're a very trusting uh, people, nationality.
1: I think Bitbuy really uh, plotted this out well. But it's funny you bring up the word trust because in a... In, in, wait, let me make sure I got the right article. Okay, in Fortune, they covered uh, how the crypto exchange Bitbuy is running this ad during the Canadian broadcast. And according to this Fortune uh, article... Um bit by Super Bowl ad last year centered on missed opportunities. They ran an ad in Canada last year too. But the company's focus this year will be on the theme of trust. Uh mm-hmm. the spot will feature NBA 2022 Rookie of the Year Scotty Barnes. Um from missed opportunities last year to trust this year. Uh yeah really uh hitting that on the nose there uh i mean uh, we need you to trust us right we need you to trust us because uh if you did last year <laughs> it didn't work out well for you like i mean I don't get it like what do you mean like the theme this year will be on trust the issue the issue really wasn't trust right because all the people who lost all the money uh the retail investors they did trust these companies, right? I mean, the trust was there. It was just one sided, right? I mean,
0: (laughs) look, you know, for trust to exist, you know, there has to be trust from both sides. There has to be you have to trust us with your money. um, And we need to trust you to not file uh, class action lawsuits once we lose your money. And so, without that two-way street, the crypto industry simply cannot function. But I, I do think that, yeah, I mean, that's the that's the trajectory the crypto industry is on because ultimately it's just hype. It's an entire industry built up on hype. There are very few products. You know, I think the Board Apes finally put out their Newgrounds era flash game uh, to sort of go with the ape jpegs people don't like it obviously because it was never about the game um and so it's just after a year none of the products ever materialized people are still used to like when they hear about a company they're still used to like eventually something coming out like eventually a product being launched whether it's a movie whether it's uh uh installation for an art exhibit whether it's a convention whether it's an actual consumer electronic they're used to things moving forward crypto has had a year in the spotlight and it's just fumbled the bag at every turn and so now it can all it can do is beg consumers to trust them with their money which is not a good sign because it doesn't come across like you can trust us with your money like when you know when chase does a commercial about like we have a hundred years of keeping your money safe. We have a hundred years. That's what they, that's what traditional banks really should do. They should start like, you know, the same way that crypto banks and crypto uh, companies like constantly shit talk our terrible banks. Like banks should just really like do a lot of commercials to dig in that knife. And I'd be surprised if we don't see a lot more commercials coming out that are like making fun of crypto now, like normal brands like Pepsi, I guess, or Wendy's. Like I know the Wendy social media accounts always dunking on people, like doing a lot more like anti-crypto stuff. That's what's hot right now. And frankly, they deserve it. They like they deserve it. But, you know, these kinds of commercials, like ignore the noise, keep building, uh, you know, trust six like, centered. And of course they have an MVP in the commercial too. It's trust, but it's also like, here's the NBA MVP for 2022. Uh, don't forget about us when you're sports gambling. Like They just want you to trust them with your money. Yeah. <laughs> like they want you yeah. to give them all your money and just not worry about it, and that is very, I think <laughs> that's very troubling. Right. Uh, so over under, uh, on
1: uh, NFT people clicking the wrong link when scammers try to take advantage of that 10,000 NFT giveaway and they connect to your wallet and steal all the NFTs and crypto you already have in that wallet, over and under that happening to uh people. I, I it's almost assuredly gonna happen, right? I mean <laughs>
0: I don't think anyone's gonna do it this year. I think they crashed Coinbase last year. People are tired of it. I think that, you know, that's the real story. Like all the brands that had started working on their NFT projects last year when crypto was like on the tip of everyone's tongues are now kind of having to like half-heartedly still roll them out. Like, are we still like, you know, Square Enix is like, are we still doing the NFT thing? Are we still, are we still working on this? And and it's like, yeah, we, we already spent like 18, what on it, 18 million? Oh, I guess we're still doing (laughs) NFTs and it's just, you know, it shows you how fast, like the, it shows you how fast the industry collapsed. You know, whether or not people get hacked on this NFT, like it seems to be just a matter of time. Just in the past few like you said, scammers have really made out in twenty twenty two and going in twenty twenty three, it seems like they still will make out. But also there have been a lot of high profile hacks of people who have a lot of familiarity with Bitcoin, a lot of familiarity with like the, you know, NFT space, people like Kevin Roost, uh Kevin Roost of Kevin G4 Rose Tech of uh, the
1: guy oh Kevin found, Rose yeah yeah you're thinking of the New York Times writer I'm thinking of New York Times very, uh very crypto friendly latecomers yes.
0: guide latecomers guide to crypto writer oh Kevin Rose of G4 Tech TV fame you know right. lost a also lot also founder uh, of Dig founder which worked Dig out
1: lost- great he he knew exactly what to do with that bad boy right
0: <laughs> exactly. Know lost a lot of money and a lot of NFTs to a hack earlier this year. I want to say like this month or maybe January. Um, one of the core coders of I think Bitcoin also was recently uh hacked or something or like lost their money in a like in some sort of like social engineering. Not that it matters to me. Money's gone either way, hack or social engineering. I think crypto people play you know pay a lot of, you know attention and they oftentimes call for like these very detailed nuanced sort of breakdowns of what specifically happened and it wasn't like you know you clicked the wrong link but you know, at the end of the day, you're just one person who's been using the internet a certain way for the entirety of your life, suddenly trying to learn to use the internet a whole separate way just to protect a single ape JPEG. And on the other side of you, you have like a highly skilled North Korean hacker team who is dedicated to taking that ape JPEG away from you. And there's no way you're going to protect it forever. And I think that's just like, that's what the crypto industry preys on more than anything. This sort of like The self-confidence in one's own ability as like this hyper rational consumer who's able to like just discern which coins going to go up from a casual glance, you know, the kind of autodidact who can learn how to read complex code, you know, in a weekend, you know, in your free time and who can also serve as your own, you know, not just like bank, but your own like bank internet security officer uh, in Ultimately, that's just the sort of false promise that our society has given a lot of people in order to avoid having to properly regulate not just the crypto industry but a host of industries. Because the truth is a lot of the problems that crypto people sell their products using are real problems, many of which I should say uh, countries with better banking regulations Country with better consumer protections have already solved without crypto. But certainly, a lot of the problems that people have identified with our financial system, you know, infrastructure, and also just the lack of opportunities that people who, you know, are, you know, let's just be generous, just trying to get by uh, have, you know, they're right in identifying those the reality is that solution that they have is not going to work for the vast majority of people and in fact the people who it will work for relies on the fact that it won't work on the it won't work for the vast majority of people because it'll be extracting wealth from them but it does sell itself on the idea that like a lot of conspiracy theories online that you're a very smart for engaging in it you're very very smart for being one of the only people to realize putting your money into the hands of you know In the case of the NFT industry, anonymous teenagers in a foreign country who have never worked on this project but who promised that it's going to give you a 10x return within the first month you know you're very savvy for doing that because that's the kind of investment that's going to give you sort of like generational wealth like jay-z without having to do anything and you know it seems silly from the outside but there are just a lot of desperate people a lot of financially desperate people out there a lot of socially desperate people out there the crypto industry they're very friendly you know if you if you want to make friends and you don't mind the quality of them it's probably pretty easy to get involved in the crypto industry from the social standpoint you just got to change your avatar to like a jpeg of a monkey or some sort of other cartoon animal change your name to like crypto chad and suddenly you'll have a lot of friends you know a good portion of them will be bots trying to get your social security number or get your metamask ID, but you will certainly have a a built-in community. Uh, you might also lose your life savings though. And so I think crypto, like a lot of conspiracy theory groups, and a lot of like fringe ideas online is perfectly poised to take advantage of people within our society at this point in time. And ultimately, you know, solving for that, involves solving for a lot of the issues that we currently have with consumer protections, with government inactivity on protecting people, with sort of our tech, fetish, our tech fetishization at this stage of like capitalism with the idea that, well, technology is going to solve every problem, every problem from the most minor, like, you know, how I clean my room to the most major, like how we deal with the fact that our climate is dying. And, you know, and in between that, it's also going to make me rich. <laughs> like if I invest in the right coin.
1: Right. No, I mean that's I mean, I think that's a great a great place to 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 end it. I mean that you just wrapped yeah. it up perfectly right there. The I mean that really is the thing with um you know, with this entire industry. It's all about that facade of, of helping and wanting to better society and the world and it's done with a smile and a friendly face. But at the same time, the way your riches are made is distinctly from convincing other people to buy in so you could sell off at a higher price. And your your revenue, your profit comes from those very people. Like there is no other profit. Like there is no other way to win in crypto. Like it's not a business where you're selling a product it's not you know you are basically convincing someone else to buy your tokens selling them the hope that they will end up selling it for more than you just sold it to them for which eventually there's going to be a, a time when the person cannot do that i mean um that that could that could only happen for so long i mean well,
0: i think in a the best case scenario they imagine a future where they're like techno like techno lords you know and we're like living in like techno serfdom and they're not necessarily selling their coins anymore this is like the hodl mentality of bitcoiners right they're no longer like selling their coins for like dirty fiat wealth to like the next person down the pipeline they are instead renting and leasing out like their coins or like their space on the blockchain which is being used by someone for something what that something is is kind of i think irrelevant but there is idea that like you know these coins represent wealth in the the most abstract way and it's going to make them landlords in some sort of future digital economy where like these coins are the only currency available and these nfts represent the only sort of space left that we can occupy it's all very like i think vague still in their heads but you know it's it's folk knowledge, right? Like I think online, a lot of stuff gets, you know, we're a society that has an appreciation for science and data and technology. We know that it's important for convincing people of the reality of things. And so in some senses, we value science, but we don't really have a good understanding of various elements of it. So many people, I think, you know, see the complexity of Bitcoin. They see the complexity of something like Ethereum and they see automatically assign it value because of that complexity. And part of that complexity is just the perceived complexity of not really quite understanding how like, you know, things like coding works, not really understanding how things like financial instruments work, not really understanding how things like, you know, uh, technology work broadly but being you know familiar with the operation of it from the consumer standpoint it, it just leaves them in this sort of like liminal state of like in awe of technology and trying to derive some kind of like not just financial value from it like you know i'm going to sell these coins but they're, they're going to derive they derive like social words from it like bitcoiners imagine a future where they're not just like rich because of their bitcoin but that they always have a like large chested like half asian let's be honest half asian bride um and it's because a lot of like bitcoiners come from like the online anarcho-libertarian online like you know incel community like they they imagine that bitcoin is this golden ticket to a world that the entire social order has been flipped not on its head not like you know a lot of far left ideologies want to flip uh the world on its head in some ways we're putting you know put workers on top and put you know uh right,
1: right. this is not like, added. it's
0: yeah. this is a re- this is a reshuffling of the traditional capitalist order, but With the same system allow- in place, yeah. The same system or worse, you know, the right. same system or worse. they imagine like a Mad Max world where like the only thing that still works is Bitcoin for some reason. <laughs> but like, you know, they, their main gripe with the system is that they perceive themselves as having been locked out just for arbitrary reasons, not arbitrary reasons like race or gender usually, but arbitrary reasons like they weren't in the right place at the right time. They weren't one of those people who met like Steve Jobs back in the late 90s, early 200 thousands because when they heard the idea for apple they would have like immediately like been like oh yeah i, I this is I, genius i get it because they recognize bitcoin is genius and so they would have been well, on the ground floor of you know any of the large tech companies of the past 20 30 40 years what they don't remember and i think this is goes to your point about like the 2000 super bowl and the difference between you know the companies that were promoting themselves there and then the year after when that thing is that a lot of the companies that the, the, the tech bubble the first tech bubble are just gone the dot-com bubble right. it's just like how many of those companies in that first dot-com bubble do people imagine are still around 23 25 years later because the answer i think is one and that company is amazon and all the rest of them are gone now more or less i think the only other one is like yahoo <laughs> like you know but certainly we're not, th- we're not we're not thinking of titans of industry all the rest of them are relatively new, not new like, you know, in the past four or five years new, but new like in how Bitcoin is new. Like they're like 15 years old. Uh, and so like things like Facebook and Google are just relatively new in the history of the Internet. Uh, certainly they can. And because they're relatively new, at least if we think about like the history of like technology, you can compare them to Bitcoin and see where like where Google is. In the same basic span of time, it's like, oh yeah, no, like no, it's like nine day. You know, it's it's obvious when you're using technology that revolutionizes everything. People just complain mostly about uh, the use of the everyday use of Bitcoin.
1: Right. No, that's yes, that's exactly. I mean, we really should do a, another episode on the the uh, I guess the uh, what what's it called in like the marketing lingo, like the personality ID or the persona ID of the people who uh fall into this industry and like the, what
0: each, the customer segment yes <laughs> customer yes segment. Yeah, yes I mean,
1: what each of their like uh because i mean that's basically think, uh i think i, I re- mean
0: no go ahead i think i read an article that was breaking down like the demographics of people like scammed in crypto or at least like you know the uh like the number of victims and what they turn towards and i think it's probably indicative of the crypto industry whole, which is like it's it's western guys largely at least the ones we hear from between the ages of like 25 and like 45 who are investing money in this industry uh because the people you largely hear about not the people who you know cloak themselves in the veil of the single mother with three children who put all of their like life savings into like uh genesis or sorry gemini earn and so like they made that decision but you know you hear mostly from like the men in their early 20s to late 40s who are trying to flex on instagram and that's why they're getting into the crypto industry and i think that you know that is why it's gotten the you know it's gotten sort of like the derogatory title of like mlm for like suburban dads You know, like, while, like, the suburban moms are getting into LuLaRoe and trying to, like, uh, hustle culture their way to, like, you know, financial freedom using, like, leggings with patterns on it, their husbands are sinking all of their money into, like, ape coins. And it's just, like, it appeals to different parts of, I think, the... American personality types and psyche, but I think ultimately it speaks to the larger desperation of our society that so many people are getting involved in these types of things. Like so many people feel either trapped literally in like their financial situation or trapped in the perceived financial social situation that they find themselves in. You know, you have people who have $100,000, $200,000 to put into like Celsius, and you're like, how? You're just like, how do you have this money? Like, no one has this money anymore. Like, you're like the last person in America who has this much money in the bank, and you gave it to, like, a company incorporated in the Bahamas. Like, oh, my God. And I think, you know, that's why it's easy for some people, especially online, to have, like, a kind of a hard shell to, like, people who lose money in crypto because it's just like, come on, this is the dumbest scam ever. And not only is it the dumbest scam ever, but, it, you're, like, they're also the most smug about being caught in the dumbest scam ever. Like, they they fight you when you try to extract extricate them from this trap and right. you're just like you're like it's just eight photos it's just photos of apes and they're like it's gonna make me rich did you play the game where they 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 what is it they poop is that
1: right is it's, that the game
0: <laughs> like you know it's it's easier to understand when they tell you when you understand that like they also think it's going to make them rich. And like that's the thing that it's easy to like I watched the I watched a lot of scam stuff. I was really addicted to like the scam docu series that were coming out like May last year like the Dropout and the WeWork one. And I think that the WeWork one is like the best example for like the crypto industry broadly where, you know, people when they describe work. they describe it as like a cult of personality surrounding like adam newman and then when you hear adam newman speak and you like watch all of like the things that he did and you hear about them you're like oh this guy's a dummy and and you realize that it's actually way more likely for people to just like organically form a cult of personality around someone if they actually believe that it's going to make them rich and you know i think the crypto industry does a good job of like throwing out things that justify the desire to be made rich quickly. Like, you know, they're always trying to build wind farms in Ghana or like unbank the bank list. But at the end of the day, if I am on the streets selling something and I see a passerby and I go, hey, do you want to save the world? They're not going to stop. They're going to go like, no, I'm sorry. I'm on my way to like work. But if I go, you want to save the world and get rich while you do it, they're most likely going to stop. And, right. you know, that's just like that's just the value system. And so I think that, like, you know, we have to call it out so we can properly diagnose why so many people are falling into those sorts of traps. And it's just like, yeah, there is a, just a general sense of, you know, monetary uncertainty that is in some ways manufacturing this country to keep like workers down. But it's definitely something that's being felt regardless of income level across like you know the precarity that our system has baked into it.
1: Right. No, absolutely. And on that, you know, being that you said that, I want to make sure that we have enough time uh after we record here to uh talk about our scamming of these very people we just discussed. I think we really got the marketing, the mm-hmm. the exact group of people we're after. So- I think we got it down pat. <laughs>
0: So I think that I've been inspired by the scam that is currently being, I guess I shouldn't say scam because, you know, everyone is so litigious now. The (laughs) new project by the builders, builders, um, Suzu and Kyle Davies, former hedge fund managers of 3AC, that they've now monetized the, I hate to say it, monetized the collapse that they largely caused um, by selling debt on, you know, selling debt instruments on um rather selling debt instruments that allow you to speculate using the remnants of your last speculation on the cryptocurrency and also you have people like Justin Sun who are selling like FTX debt tokens which so i think that really the next move is to monetize the rot and so how do we make money off of people who are making money off of people who are making money off of losing money is the question. Um, the, like, like what, like what's the play?
1: Right. And I think that will be the next uh, big thing after AI, which obviously was the big thing that everyone went after, after crypto. It'll be whoever can figure that out, will have all the keys uh, necessary to unlock the next great minds uh, to scam. Uh, Brandon sudden of the discourse. And of course you can see, uh, me with Brandon every week on the majority report as well. Uh, Brandon, why don't you take this time to, uh, let people know where they can find you online and feel free to promote anything else you want to, uh, promote.
0: Absolutely. You can find my podcast on every major podcasting platform, Spotify, iTunes, Uh, You can find my Patreon on patreon.com backslash expand the discourse. The SoundCloud, same, soundcloud.com backslash expand the discourse. Um, You can find the illegal security I'm pumping or planning to pump on all major cryptocurrency exchanges that still allow for USD uh, transactions. So none of them, I guess. Uh, That's not true. I don't want to. I don't want to be accused of not being accurate. I don't want the people who put their money into companies uh, incorporated in the Maldives to tell me I don't share accurate information online. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me,
1: Brandon. Uh, You got to come back on, obviously, because seriously, this episode, we could have made 10 different turns and do 10 completely different episodes. So uh, looking forward to having you back on.
0: I'm sure that the crypto industry will be an endless well of content for the both of us.
1: Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to this week's episode of Scam Economy. As always, you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash Binder and help this show grow by becoming a monthly paying subscriber. You can also catch the video version of this show at youtube.com slash mattbinder. You could also follow me on Twitch twitch.tv slash Binder. And if you're an Amazon prime subscriber, don't forget to connect your Amazon account to your Twitch account. So you get that Free Twitch Prime subscription each month, basically a free subscription to give away to your favorite creator that gets them paid by Amazon. You can also follow me on Twitter at Matt Binder, follow the show on Twitter at Scam Economy and go to ScamEconomy.com for all the links to the podcast version of the show. And while you're at your favorite podcast platform, don't forget to leave a review and With all that said, I'll see you all next time on The Scam Economy.